You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Brian McCubbin. Ahoy. Ahoy, Greg Hectus. Uh, I think I'm here. I am matey, David Hall. Is it suddenly Pirates Day? And Tony Groves. Good evening, fellas. Hey, hey. On the show tonight, more Coke Series drivers find their homes for the season, including a driver return to the Joe Gibbs team. Will iRacing scan some of the most iconic cars in the history of NASCAR? And we review this week's wild World of Outlaws race at Fairbury. And remember, remember, everyone, you can follow along with us on your PC or mobile device in real time as you listen to this show and see for yourself all these great topics and products we'll discuss by visiting iRacersLounge.com and selecting the show notes. So we hope to see you there, guys. Sim Coaches offers the realistic sim racing equipment you need to win more races online. It is designed for real racers. Hydraulic construction makes them feel just like the real thing. High quality construction, 100% leak proof, and lifetime warranty are the key features with these pedals, and they look absolutely amazing. Check out simcoaches.com and use the coupon code iRacersLounge to get 10% off your purchase. Simcoaches.com is your ticket to feel like you actually are sitting behind the wheel of the car. Drive harder and stay on the limit longer. All right, let's hit off some Coke series topic. The first one we have is um, William Esports signing Vicente Salas and Donovan Strauss. Pretty good uh, pairing there. Um, you know, Vicente was really coming on at the end of the last season there. Uh, it was looking pretty hot. And he had a huge win in the middle of this, early in this year, too, uh, where he just dominated. It was Richmond, I believe, right? Right. And then ex and Donovan Strauss uh, did very well in the uh, in the uh, the qualifying races, uh, the Xfinity car, whatever they call it. I did watch the video. Um, it was a uh, understated, I guess, is the best way to describe this one. It, it kind of felt like it was would, was building up somewhere, but then it it didn't go super far except to present the the uh, new numbers and names. Yeah, you kind of felt like it was like they, they got real excited at the beginning to do what they were doing and then just were like, oh, we got to release this and finish it off. But I don't know. It, they never really showed the car, did they? You see a little bit of it, but you don't really get to see unless you freeze frame it. Yeah, it does. It has a real quick drive by and there's, you know, it's but it's good and short. You don't have to sit there forever and watch it. It's a good intro video for for the purpose it serves. You know, it could be. Maybe they don't have a sponsor yet, and they don't want to show a car without a sponsor or with a sponsor, so they just avoid it, you know, because uh, they're trying to sign some. I mean, you ever you never know what's going on. Yep, yep, yep. We have another pair of signings. Uh, William Byron Esports has picked up the same lineup as last year, with the past series champion Nick Oninger and the Final Four driver from last year, Logan Clampett. I mean, how do you go wrong with these two guys? I mean. 
past champions, you, you know that, you know, one of these guys is going to be the top four. You know, you, you can pretty much bet money on it. Well, and Logan Clampett was the runner-up too, right, last year, and he was we – were, we were picking him to win that race if he had a better track position. You know, Nick was the previous year's champion. You know, he didn't make the top four last year, but he's definitely a, a force to reckon with. Yeah, and a bit of a bit of a letdown for Nick. Uh, sorry, bit of a letdown here for Nick last year after after winning the championship. He kind of, I guess, you know, some some people have that slump after a big big victory like that. But I look for him to to be back really strong this year. And Logan's always always quick, so that's going to be a real solid team. No, last year was their first pairing with these two like together, right? Mm-hmm. So this could play out to be actually a pretty cool story to see how you know they can build on what they did last year and i don't think we've seen too much of that uh those type of storylines in the past i'll never forget that win for nick ottinger at homestead where he put on tires and others didn't and it was a short run to the finish and he just drove up through there and won it um that was uh, I'll never forget that. It was a, one of those racing moments, you know? Okay, X-Set returns to the series, and this time they're bringing in Ryan Luza and fan favorite Casey Kerwin. Boy, another couple stout drivers. Ryan Luza, again, you, you can't bet money that he isn't going to make the top four. I, I feel like these are going to be like the Black Bandit cards on the track. Like They just seem like they're going to be the... We were doing the pirate intros, but they're kind of like <laughs> pirate type cars. They just kind of, they're going to be like, uh, you're going to recognize them as they're coming through the, the field. The black Knight is what, you know, I, I see. I kind of like the, the, the look of it though. Like you said, it's just all black with, you know, just the white lettering on it with some red. All right. We talked about the uh, new team eraser GG, formerly known as Parker Kligerman sports. And they've announced the signing of their drivers, Derek Bordeaux and Colin Bowden. We could call them BNB. We need to get him a videographer. Uh, that's what I was about to say is maybe they need to hire somebody else. But I think it's also his stick now, right? Like if he goes somewhere else, why, you know, it's not as funny. I think it's just, I think it's so creative. Well, I mean, obviously it's a stab at comedy and, uh, out of all the you know Coke announcements, this has got to be what you would call the funniest for sure. I still like the uh, when it shows the driver list. It says I like to be slow, and then the two ones of, I like driving fast. Yeah. That, so for our audio listeners, they they have a list of the drivers in a columns, and basically every single driver says I like to drive slow, but there's two slots that say I like to drive fast, and that's Colin Bowden and uh, Derek Bardot. And at the end, when they, uh, you know, cut in their faces, you know, with Landon and Parker, uh, yeah. I think, uh, you know, Camden must have a mullet, it looks like. I just see this one being like Dukes of Hazards type team, drinking beer, just with, it just kind of reminds me of uh, the good old boys kind of team. They, de- they don't need a new v- videographer. I think they're, they're right up the alley of something really good. Yeah, well, that video there just earned them uh, another fan. I'll be I'll be cheering on the mullet all year. Didn't we do some some kind of fake awards at the last uh, the combined show? What do we call those? 
I don't. I well, they they win the one for best commer- or best announcement so far. Um, Joe Gibbs comes out of the box strong with Rayafella returning to the number eighteen, or I said that wrong, and a return of the number eighteen batteries car, Interstate batteries car, by Bobby Zelensky. This is a pretty. This I'm actually interested to see how this team does next year because Bobby, it'd be. Bobby has done really well uh, driving each year, and it'll be good to see if you know him back in Joe Gibbs, and maybe he can help out with Ray, and uh, maybe they can turn turn uh, their winning ways both way. Well, I'm going to call it now. Ray's going to have a good year because we got some horsepower back. Um, Ray Alfala and Bobby Zelensky at the same place. I mean, I would say they probably spent the most money out of any team. I mean, if that's quite a pairing, and and those two guys are are what you would call headline guys to have on the team. Well, we know the 18 car will be uh, faster than the road courses. And hopefully so, this yeah, will uh, be a boost for Al Fala. He's, he's really struggled the last couple of years. It'd be nice to see him running up front again and consistently running up front. He's really struggled since they took the horsepower away. It's coming back. Yeah, that's fair. So he left VRS was the team I believe he was on with Keegan. And I don't think Keegan's been announced yet, so I assume he's back with VRS. And who who will they pick up? I don't think we we know yet. Do we I ha- do know. Sorry, go. I was going to say, do we have any idea where Mitchell DeJong is going yet? Too did we announce that last week? No, I can't remember. So you know, there's a bunch of free agents still out there. Yeah, I know Keegan is still active on the Discord in VRS. Now, there's a late one I sent, Brian. I don't think I we got it in the script in time, but I have it in my email, and it's the Charlotte Phoenix team, which is a new team to the NASCAR Coke Series called Charlotte Phoenix, uh, and they are uh, teaming up with Colin Keister and Graham Bolin. Is this kind of like a play on uh, how Richmond Raceway is doing their own? Now they got two other tracks hopping in? co-sponsor well when i click on the charlotte phoenix it says the flagship esports organization of the carolinas join join our community okay so it's basically it is taking the charlotte name though now when you scroll down in their feed um, they do all kinds of esports it's not just like this it's other stuff too that's uh two really solid drivers there too um they weren't final fours, but they were they were in the hunt um, pretty much uh, quite a few races last year. They were in the hunt to win. Um, so they, they're really good drivers. Graham Boland leading all the laps, I think, at one race almost. Yeah, they're hot. So that's a late announcement. This came in this afternoon. but uh, But yeah, so there's still more to go. So we've occasionally been running the uh, winter NIS league in the 87 cars. Uh, you think next year's winter uh, league might be in the 74 or 71 cars, Brian? Yeah, this is really crazy. This is um, from a Facebook post from Petty's Garage. So that's Richard Petty's Garage. And they posted that um, Petty Motorsports has pulled down their iconic Richard Petty stock cars, including the 71 Plymouth Roadrunner and the 74 Dodge Charger. And they wrote in this post, and I'm quoting here, All right, iRacing, we pulled these out of the Petty Museum for you. Come work your magic. There's a lot of people out there that would love to sit in the same seat as Richard Petty and blast through the trioval at Daytona. 
So they're almost uh, asking uh, iRacing to come scan these cars and put them on the service. And man, would that be a game changer or what? There's there's no way that this isn't going to happen, especially when as soon as Dale hears that they want to do this, Dale will send them over there to do it. He might he might pull the money right out of his pocket for him to do it. When I saw this link, and I was thinking of a title idea for this story, only one thing came to mind. Holy shitballs, Batman. I think this would be absolutely a home run if they did this with one of the most iconic cars of its day. Well, two of them, the 71 and the 74, quite different in design. Um, the one with the huge, tall rear wing on the back and real pointy nose. And the other one, more of the classic Charger look, you know, with rounded corners. But who doesn't remember these cars? You, 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 when you think of Richard Petty back winning in the 70s, this is exactly what you, you think of. All I can say, iRacing, take my money. And these cars are, are far enough in age from the 87s that it wouldn't be uh, too much of a, like a redundant type of deal. You know, these are uh, the 71 Plymouth. That's 16 years difference than the 87s that are on the service now. I mean, that's not even the same in the same ballpark as far as cars. It's another era, right? Completely different era. It's not, not close enough that it would be considered being a redundant type of deal. What would be... I'm trying to think about what were the other men like obviously Chevy and that would have had uh was it a Buick back then that would have fought with these? I'm trying to think of all the types of manufacturers that were back in the seventies that would have raced against them. They this raced against everybody else while he just took all the wins. Yeah. But- so who was battling for second? Is that what you mean? Yeah, well who was it? Pearson was basically the other big guy at the time. See, that's what they Yarbrough. need to do is it, it, they got to find a Pearson car and and have both, you know, have this scan with another manufacturer as well. I, you know, I hope, I, you know, I'm pretty sure that uh, Dale Jr. and iRacing were tagged on this post. But, uh, yeah, I sure hope that they saw it and uh, take heed, you know, for, for the Petty Garage to, you know, Hey, we we got these all cleaned up. They're they're right here on the garage floor. You know, come on over. You know, we, we'll have donuts and coffee for you. Tyrese needs to stay across, stay away from the piece of junk in the background, though. There, that's on the hoist. Just stay away from that one, though. Before they have the donuts and coffee, though, they need to have their chicken dinner. Mike, winner winner chicken dinner says none other than Martin Van Lusenord, who is actually the winner of the Logitech G Challenge EMEA Open Wheel Championship. We've been talking about this uh, over the last few months, I think, off and on, reminding people that it's going on. And, uh, yeah, so where have we heard this name before, Brian? Well, he was the runner-up in the uh, IR01 um, Jet Car Championship Series. Um and uh, he was the runner-up, but he was he was pretty dominant in that series. He just got outpointed, you know, basically because he had a couple bad races um, and got outpointed. But he 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 won um, a fair majority of those world championship races in that uh, in that series. So he's he's a very accomplished driver, and uh, and uh, he definitely uh, definitely keeps keeps winning as as he's going along here. 
Yeah, I would say at the end of that, I mean, he was probably the favorite, you know, to win it. And so it was a little disappointing to see him not make it. But it's nice uh, to see this redemption and and uh, at least get this championship and uh, obviously some prizes with it. If you remember in the final race of the year, he was actually battling for the for the uh, for the win with uh, the eventual winner, and they made contact, and he he lost a couple of positions, and that was that turned out to be the uh, difference in the championship. All right, well done. Well, we have the iRacing Top Ten highlights released for December twenty twenty one. I did get a chance to go ahead and watch this one all the way through. It was definitely very road heavy, and I think in fact only nine or ten was was like a a late pass for a at Bristol, which was some tight racing, but it was a lot of tight road racing. Most of, most of them were three wide passes with some actual fender rubbing, um, as well as a crazy f- finish with two LMPs passing, like racing for position while at the same time ha- on the white flag, having to get around uh, some GT cars. I think the theme with this one is three wide racing at in like, was there three or four that are right from the Nurch lifer? Uh, track as well yeah nords was very heavily featured with some guys going three wide or two wide in places you're not supposed to go too wide i do have to say that that lmp2 battle when they exit the last two corners of the red bull ring that there's there's just no room there's no way that that even should work and to have it that type of a finish is just unbelievable the, the last one in the video is just totally epic. You know, I, I mean, the they're going past the slower cars, you know, Dyson left and right, you know, cut cut back. And, and then to come to the, the checker and, and they're literally side by side and and you can't even tell who won. Yeah, um, that was that was number one for the top ten. And I don't normally go chalk with those being my favorites, but I mean that was just amazing how they got around those two GT cars, um, crossing each other up. Uh, and it was just uh, amazing. They were kind of side drafting down the last straightaway to try to try to pull ahead and uh, it was just an amazing finish. That was just fantastic. Well, the orange car, that's like Back when uh, we were running Spa a couple of years ago, that would have been a you know a major uh, slowdown or uh, at least it's a one X. You probably did get it at one X out there, but that's such a risky move, which traction wise, trying to go out that wide. I know you can do it in these cars, but the risk <laughs> and those other cars not to uh, you know impede on where he went too. As long as he doesn't get a slowdown, right? I mean, who cares about the one one X off track, though? Yeah. If you get a slowdown, you know you you're gonna have to give up the win. How about those dirt tracks, Brian? Yeah, this is cool. So uh, iRacing announced that multiple dirt tracks will be added to the service, including the Federated Auto Parts Raceway at I-55, to be followed later in the year by uh, Wheatland, Missouri's Lucas Oil Speedway and Pennsylvania's Port Royal Speedway. Uh, Announcements on multiple additional dirt ovals Oval set to join iRacing's will be made in the coming months. So alongside the upcoming dirt oval releases, Lucas Oil Speedway, um, Speedway's off-road track will also join the iRacing service. So Lucas Oil will have uh, not just the dirt oval, but they're going to have an off-road track, you know, probably for the rally cars and the pro pro trucks. So some 
you know, we, we had, we had heard earlier uh, a couple months ago that iRacing was, you know, in the, uh, outstanding dirt tracks and it looks like, uh, that's what's going down. So, uh, we got three of them. These are big, big tracks as far as, uh, drawing big events. They're all outlaw, um, tracks, world outlaws visits all three of these tracks. Um, I know Pennsylvania's Port Royal Speedways is probably the biggest one of all of them, would be the biggest dirt track, I think, size-wise, uh, that would be on the service at that point. And we had heard about that one uh, being scanned uh, a while ago, but it's all confirmed now. And uh, sounds like there's more more coming. So I'm still hoping that when they did Port Royal, they did a couple of other of the Pennsylvania tracks that are in the area that are, um, you know, real uh, – highly populated uh very popular tracks and so we'll see what else they they did on that trip that they took sounds like the next couple builds coming up are going to be very dirty <laughs> so uh i think what's new to to me anyway is the i-55 track at peevely that's a new announcement in this that i don't think i've heard that before yeah that's the first i had heard of i-55 too Right, and then the the Lucas Oil Speedway out of Missouri as well. Yep, that's the only one that only one of those three that I had heard that they were done have done is uh, Port Royal. Right. I had to get some insiders when Greg West was here, but he couldn't confirm any others. <laughs> well, I mean, they left the door open there. In the next sentence, it says announcements on multiple additional dirt ovals are uh, set to join iRacing will be made in the coming months. Yeah, that's right. And like I said, you know, once you hit Pennsylvania, there's like three or four really big, heavily, heavily populated uh, Pennsylvania posse tracks that are all really close to each other that could be scanned, you know, within, you know, I don't know how long it takes to do those scans, but it could be, you could do multiple ones uh, really quickly. I'm so, going to throw in a request for them to come scan Batesville, being the track that Mark Martin grew up on. I'd like them to scan the Arizona Speedway out here by my house. Uh, why not? You know, um, what's cool is they have three in the works here that that we know of, and several more coming this year. That's a lot of tracks, and and dirt hasn't been around a long time. And if you think about how many tracks they have now, add on, let's say they do seven more this year, they have a really nice catalog of tracks for dirt racing. I mean. When it first started, you're like, man, it's, it's going to suck. You're always on the same track. But, man, they're really building it out and and uh, setting it up for long-term success. Yeah, well, or, or they're taking uh, uh, asphalt tracks like um, uh, USA, and they make a dirt out of it, even though it's not technically a dirt track. Linear. And, uh, yeah. So, um, and last year was the first year that the World of Atwell series did not have to repeat tracks because they didn't have enough content. So, uh, yeah, they're going to be, they're either going to have to pick and choose, you know, next year's World of Atwell series, which track they go to, or they're going to have to expand the uh, season a little longer, maybe. I just think it's interesting that they are able to, with the amount of uh, the stuff that they've learned with the dirt uh, to make it. Uh, you know, a very competitive racing and, and how, you know, different dirt racing is from just creating an oval track, that they're able to get these uh, scans done and, and make competitive tracks out of them all. Well, the, for this next one, I have a question for the pr producer. Why in the world are we not giving this topic to Mike? <laughs> He's our TikTok I, pro. I think he was giving it to me because uh, I was the one that brought it into the chat. So, uh, 
uh, Caleb Racer or Races uh, at Caleb Races on TikTok brought up a pro tip for um, you know checking out you know what we've talked about uh, what do you what do you call it? BOP David um, balance of power for the roadside um, you know some tra- some cars are better at certain tracks than others and a good way to find it uh, on iRacing there isn't one we've been talking about it and there is no real easy way to come up with your you know which cars are in the fastest laps or what's the average and things like that but um, race labs which is a program that I use as well they have a you know a part in there where you can find out um, the best lap times for each car but you can also find out what the average for those cars during that week is too to try and uh, uh, come up with you know say you want to say you own multiple cars and that and you want to race the fastest car that week and find out which track it's fast or which car is fastest on that track uh, definitely a, a good tool to have from race labs uh, to uh, find that stuff out so you go into the race lab you click which track it shows you the cars and which one's fastest average speed and kind of shows them ranked uh, for the week like you like you said so pretty neat tool um check it out i remember uh last year right around this time before the 24 um someone went and did all these different individual tests with each of the cars you know they yep. did like uh you know like acceleration braking and all kinds of different tests and assigned uh you know positions one through one through eight and he ranked all the cars and actually uh did something where he uh did the the best the worst as far as his tests go um, wasn't that just, uh i racing's uh pro driver that they've got i'm trying to think of his name he's he was racing he races in the winter league with us yeah it was one of the pro guys who used to be in the core series but he's now an i i race or i racing employee so i i was thinking i mean th- this race labs tool is using real data to come up with the numbers and there's so much data out there, like the, for this upcoming 24, if you've looked and hosted this week or last week or the week before, I have never, since I've been in iRacing, seen as many rooms up as I've seen and hosted. And uh, I think when Tyler and Brian and I were, were testing the other day, uh, Tyler sat down and counted how many Daytona practice rooms there were. I think he said 24. <laughs> 24 what a, 24 different what a funny ones. what a funny number to come across on uh, for the 24 i think i think it's just there's so many there's so many customers i think this is going to be one of the biggest turnout numbers for an endurance race in, in in years because of the the amount of customers that iRacing has now and uh this would be only a, it's only two class race now is it not david it's gt3s and the lmp one or twos right that's all we have so it might be more attractive when you're racing it too all right the other uh reason it's going to be a fantastic race we got a tweet from maxime Briant. he tweeted out that his team was kicked off the server in the r factor twos virtual labas series in his opinion proving quote why iRacing remains the best sim, quote. Well, and I think he would have been very competitive in it too because that would, they were doing the actual 24 hours of Le Mans because 
uh, Max Verstappen was in that race. Yep. Um, which he crashed out of that race as well. Um, but yeah, they they had they had their uh, chance at some stuff, and uh, it looked okay. Um, but you know, from what he's saying, if there were server issues for him and his team, it's not a good look. Yeah, I didn't. You know, I kind of paid attention to see how their race went, their twenty four hour of Le Mans, and Coanda uh, finished second. Um, man, do they have a facility? I mean, they they must have gotten some money or backing because they've really built out their facility. They have like a place where they can host people while they race. And it's, it's crazy. Uh, you have to go on the Instagram stories to find it. So what do we have? We have Quanda that has a facility. Williams has a facility. Uh, there's a bunch of them coming out now. Team Redline. Yeah. And Brian, who won't be racing the 24? Yeah, this was a really sad video to watch. Um, it's from YouTuber um, Annie Rabbits, and uh, you know, you guys were following her on the show before I even joined it. I remember listening to you guys who, when you first uh, found Annie and uh, her um, her career through iRacing. You know, she's she's come such a long way from a complete uh, uh, new driver to uh, I remember her posting her first video. Um, of her first win, how emotional she got when she got her first win. She's just been a great follow um, for anybody who enjoys iRacing. And uh, well, she's she's go- she posted a video that she's going to be missing the uh, day two hundred twenty four. Um, and this is something I haven't heard from her. Is that she's she's been having health issues over the past twelve years. Um, and she's been undiagnosed uh, with her issues for a while. And, and they finally got. Uh, got to figure out that she's been struggling with uh, endometriosis and um, so um, this is just was just her um, telling her story about what she's gone through for the past uh, dozen years um, you know how, how things have been with her and, you know her struggles uh, but um, she's she's going to be she she's she's going to be missing the Daytona 24 um, I don't it actually doesn't have anything to do with her her endometriosis it's actually a shoulder surgery that she has to get but, but uh, she is going to be missing that and, and we're, we're wishing her uh, giving her our best wishes and best prayers uh, as she struggles through her health problems yeah and so sorry she's going to miss the race uh, um, I understand that some of her uh, followers are running a logo on their car and, and remember um, you know um, based on her endometriosis story and whatnot. And uh, she also said that her husband is going to be racing for her. So uh, if anything, that's a, that's a nice little uh, touch to uh, a nice way for him to actually get into the race uh, for her and uh, hopefully get, get a good finish. I'm pretty sure. I'm sure she'll be cheering him on. Well, I hope uh, feeding him sandwiches and finger foods as he's in the car. Yeah. Who's who's finger? Who's uh, giving you finger foods and sandwiches when you're driving? Oh, away? well, I'll just have a short stint. Uh, I got to work this weekend, so we'll be running Saturday night for two or three hours. We saw David Flowers practicing for you. Are you sure you guys don't want to bring him back this year? We got a new ringer in the car. How about the yeah. world of outlaws? That was crazy, Brian. Let's talk about it. Yeah, what a what a crazy race this was. So, um, this is uh was week eight of the World of Outlaws uh, NOS Energy Drink Series. Um, they were competing at the quarter mile track at Fairbury Speedway Monday night. 
Uh, and uh, it was just an crazy night. So uh, it started off with Evan C. He was uh, the fastest qualifier. He won the first heat that night. And uh, so he was going to start on the pole in the feature. Yeah. And then Alex Bergeron started side by side in row number two with rival Harden, Hayden Cardwell in the second heat. Cardwell took the lead in the heat, ripping the high line, but, but made a rare mistake hitting the wall and crashing out of the race with Bergeron finishing second. Yeah, that was, that was pretty crazy because um, Cardwell fin- started in the fourth spot in that heat. He, he made his way to the lead. He's so good at – I mean, there's nobody who runs a high line better than Hayden Cardwell does. And, and it's just – that's a short track. You're carrying so much speed in those corners, and he just – clipped the wall and it just completely flipped and that was pretty much the end of his night for him so um with Cameron Merriman who uh started uh started second in points just eight points behind uh Alex Bergeron he's he uh he finished second in his heat so that meant um Cameron Merriman and the points leader Alex Bergeron were going to start pretty much right next to each other when the uh when the feature started Alex Bergeron had a great start from row three and was in third place and hunting down the leaders when a caution came out on lap nine. While pacing before returning to the green, Alex Bergeron loses his internet connection and would finish P16 15 laps down, leaving a huge opportunity for Merriman. Yeah, this is actually the second um, second race of the season where Bergeron has, uh, has lost his internet connection. And uh, so, oh, man... So Bergeron was leading the points. Um, he, you know, he dropped all the way down to P16 after after that uh, outage. Uh, but, but Merriman, he takes huge, huge advantage of Bergeron's misfortune. He takes the race lead, and he means he's maintaining a comfortable lead as he's going into the final laps of the race. So Merriman was going in turn four, coming to the white flag with one to go, when he inexplicably smashes the wall and crashes himself out of the race. Ooh. Then pole sitter Evan Say takes advantage of all that carnage and takes his second win of his rookie season. After all shakes out, Merriman finishes two places ahead of Bergeron, allowing Alex to hold a narrow four-point lead into week nine at another bull ring, Weed Sport Speedway. I mean, uh, th- I mean that guy's got to be kicking himself. Can you hear me, Brian? All right, you got me? Yeah, we got you. Okay, sorry. So, yeah, so it was just crazy after alex bergeron he he disconnects pretty much goes to the back of the field when he comes back on like a dozen laps down and merriman he takes the lead of the race he's he's looking at a 40 point swing in points at that point with two races ago after this i mean that's certainly not uh you know something that can't be overcome but that is almost walking away with it and he just crashes into the wall with just over a lap to go and just blows the whole thing. It's It was just insane. He was not under pressure by anyone behind him or anything. It was just that it's he was he's just running too fine of a line and he, he should have just taken it easy maybe his, his knuckles got a little too white for him for his liking and uh i, I know uh, chase rodman who was calling the race called it biggest joke job he's ever seen that might have been a little tough but uh but that's pretty much what happened yeah you never know i mean somebody could have walked up to him in the room and interrupted the race that's been known to happen dog jumped on his lap Okay, Greg, uh, we got a P2 for the iRacing colors. 
So Christopher Bell, I think we uh, report on this every year. He's in the iRacers or iRacers color or iRacing car for the Chili Bowl, and he uh, came up one spot to uh, behind uh, Tanner. Uh, is it Thor- Thorson? Um, last weekend's Chili Bowl and uh, almost brought the uh, iRacing colors home. So car looks really good. Uh, looked like it was a good event. Um, but uh, I never get to see this event because I don't ever try and find it, find the stream of it. But uh, we don't nothing's ever covered on TV here for that for dirt stuff. So um, I added this to the script, even though we already had announced that uh, Christopher Bell was racing this high racing car. Um, but I added this to the event for one reason, and that was because you know I did watch this whole race. It's it's. They go from the C main. They had two C mains, two Bs, and then they had the the feature race. Um, and it's almost like a five hour broadcast by the time it's done. Um, it was on Mav TV. If you get that, it's a Direct TV channel. It's not available on all cable networks. But the reason I brought this up is, you know, there's a lot of downtime in this broadcast. The tracks are being reworked all the time. There's, um, you know, uh, there's all these tr- cars have to be pushed to start. So that takes a while. There's, it's just a lot of downtime in this broadcast. And I, I'm thinking to myself, why is, you know, why is iRacing not, you know, the, the uh, world of the um, Chili Bowl Nationals that iRacing broadcast, these highlights shown on this broadcast. There's plenty of downtime on this on, the, on this broadcast for, for them to do something simple like this. You know, they obviously have a relationship with iRacing. You know, they've, they've done the deal where they've uh, helped them re, re, uh, rework the track last year after the, the track was uh, out of whack. And um, so I just thought that would have been so easy to do a couple minutes, if, if that, of just a highlight of the National Chili Bowl Championship on iRacing. Boy, what a great idea. But take it one step further. Instead of showing a replay, let's run these iRacing events live and have them offset when there's downtime at the real track. So there's always action on Mav TV. So, okay, we're, we're leaving the Chili Bowl. We're going to the virtual Chili Bowl. We're going to watch heat number one here. And, and there they go. So what are you going to have, to though, for the guys who do both? All right, is Chris, is Chris Bell going to jump right out of the dark midget and go over to his high racing rig. Ooh, that would be cool. You set up a rig there at the back of the trailer. Okay. He's hopping out of the real car. He's strapping into the virtual. Right. And that's just something I was thinking about because I did watch a, a good bit of the, uh, I racing, um, top split or the finals of the, uh, chili bowl. And, um, it was a really good race. Um, and then while I'm watching the broadcast, there's just so much downtime. You know, they have tons of interviews while the tracks are being worked on. They have uh, all kinds of different things that, you know, they're just using to fill time. And it would just been so easy to prop in something like that. Good idea. I always say this is a good idea. I think every year, David, you reminded me that I say this is a good idea. He's like, we should all watch it. We should all run this. We should all run this because it's, eh, nah. and then we run like one race and it's like, ah, eh, this sucks. <laughs> Uh, it's, re- I mean, everybody can run it, but really the effort to be com- super competitive, it, it just takes a, a, it takes, you have to go to a whole different level, but the, uh, NASCAR qualifying road to the pro I racing series is coming up. It, you have to have an a license 2.0 to qualify. The first race is February 17th at Daytona. There's eight races in the first round. After eight races, you have to be in the top 70. 
Then after that, there's another seven races where I guess they're going to do the snake split thing again to um, split, to get you, whittle it down to 20 drivers. And at that point, those 20 drivers go on with the 20 relegated drivers from, from the Coke series to uh, in the contender series. Yep. But it's open to everybody and why not? It'll split just like any other official race uh, trucks uh, that this, the tracks look great. I mean, they're all oval asphalt, uh, no road, no nasty road courses or anything like that, you know, in the first segment. So every other Thursday, so they're running it on Thursday nights. And uh, I was just telling the guys, look, it's almost like a running a league, you know, uh, you know, every other week you don't get, you know, burned out on it. You know, it's, it's not every, you know, it's not too often, uh, you know, the every other week thing's kind of nice. And uh, you know, why not? Maybe I'll run it just for fun. But like you said, we usually try and then we give up, but Hey, Adam said he would try. Yeah. Good luck with that one with Adam. <laughs> I only know of one Tafosi driver who's won a top split uh, race before. That's right. <laughs> Help wanted. Yeah, guys, uh, this came uh, from uh, one of our teammates, uh, Bobby um, Jonas, and uh, this is a posting from NASCAR for a job opening. So why why are we commenting on a NASCAR job opening? Well, it's for the the position is for the director of gaming and esports. So uh, that's pretty interesting that NASCAR is, is – I don't know if this – I'm wondering if this is a new position or one that needs to be filled by someone leaving or something. But um, I'm surprised they didn't have a gaming and esports director already after all they've gone through, uh, all, their, um, all their connections with iRacing over the past couple of years. I, I think this is an addition. I, you know, I think they had that one guy who's uh, – uh, I, forget, I forget his name. They have a guy who kind of does this, but I bet you they're adding this, you know, as depth, um, you know, to get into the nitty gritty. You know, it's also telling, uh, you know, that they're, you know, you look at the, the job description here, you know, develop enterprise wide digital gaming initiatives to meet strategic growth and revenue objectives. So they're talking about the console market. They're talking about the PC market, um, both. Okay, so we're going to jump into current events. Uh, listeners sent this one in to us, uh, Prelude to the Daytona 500. And um, sponsored by Butt Kicker, it is going to be Saturday, uh, February 19th, 7 p.m. Eastern. It is going to be broadcast by Full Send. Um, they're going to have payouts, um, guaranteed uh, 300 to win. And so for more info, I guess you're going to have to go to our uh, sponsor, uh, to our uh, script and look up their Discord link because uh, that's where you get more info. Or look it up on it on the socials, Prelude to the Daytona 500. Look, see, look, these guys are going to run stages. That's kind of new. Different. Yeah, um, I've only done other, one other race before in stages, and that was um, with... Um, with that league with um, Kyle, where we did the uh, IROC series. It was kind of fun. I don't know. Every time I get in a race with heats, I'm bored because I'm sitting there waiting for my turn. And every time you get in a race without cautions, you're always begging for one. I was last night, wasn't I? Well, let's talk about the big race this weekend. Uh, I mean, I asked my team, is it Friday or Saturday? And so I was told Saturday we're running. 
Yeah, the the first time slot actually starts before most of us get home from work. That'll be mostly for Aussies uh, running. And then there's one that starts at like 1 a.m. Eastern. Uh, but the what's, I guess, going to be considered the biggest, most populated uh, start time is going to be the 12 GMT slot, the third start. Um, and RaceBot has announced that they're going to be broadcasting the top split. That's amazing. And the full 24 hours, too. Yeah, you can get live timing and scoring at racebot.tv slash timing. They also are going to have a Discord server running as well as a Twitter feed with uh, hashtag iRacingDaytona24. All right, let's talk about our Team Tifosi preparations here. So, uh, Tony, Team Fun, uh, we've all been practicing. I ran a practice race, did pretty good. I actually spun out of the bus stop twice by hitting the curb wrong and didn't hurt the car, but uh, was fast compared to others. Yeah, I've been I've been doing some practicing too. Um, I've been racing with AI because I don't have a B license, so I can't jump into like an IMSA race and, and go that route. But um, I, I'm not fast, but I'm keeping it on the road, so I guess that's that's important. Okay, and we got our paint today from uh, Brandon Uhouse painted up our car. It looks really good. Thanks, Brandon. Um, we posted that up on the social so everybody could see it. Uh, uh, Brian, you and Tyler and I, we ran some practice as well. H- how did your re- uh, practice go? Uh, it's going okay. I, I practice a couple more times this week. Uh, last two nights, I, I put in an hour or so. Um, I'm feeling like I can definitely keep it on the pavement, so um, that's that's a good thing. Uh, I, um, I actually even went to Tyler's house uh, the other day and uh, practiced with him for a little bit uh, on his rig. So, uh yeah, so I, I'm fairly confident I'm going to be able to keep it clean at least. Um, I'm not going to be setting any track records, that's for darn sure. But uh, you know, I'm going to I'm planning on saving a lot of time by not being sitting on the pit road. Yeah, we talked tire strategy. Um, we we're going to run at least two fuel runs before we change tires. You can't change tires every fuel run. That's just not going to happen. So maybe even three fuel runs. What do you think about that, David? No, not no. not in a, not in the GT three. Every two, yeah, especially early because the when the track screen is going to chew the tires up. Uh, most of us have either run some IMSA races or um, I know Richard, uh, who's running with us, has run some practices and got his times down to where they need to be. But I haven't heard from him if he's been able to run in any uh, IMSA races. Me and Greg ran a couple. I've ran some every night, just about. I started one today, in fact, and and I I started literally started on the grid next to Fast Pasta, and then uh, for some reason, I guess probably because I was wanting to run as fast as Fast Pasta, I kept spinning out. So, yeah, I ran the other night with David. Uh, did two races. I'm planning on doing. I think I'm going to do the one after the podcast here tonight too, um, just because I want to try something different. But I have the speed. I've just got to find some consistency. I, I feel like I got the speed that I had last year. I just got to get back to my consistency where um, mistakes aren't happening. But yeah, definitely got found uh, found some extra speed in uh, a brake adjustment I made, and uh, everything seems to be uh, on par again. Do you think this will be the biggest uh, event ever for iRacing so far? I think it will be. I would say that Saturday one will probably have the biggest single slot over the, the the whole period. I bet you're probably right too, Mike. It'll probably be the biggest amount of teams 
slash uh, drivers in it. Like I, I had mentioned uh, in previous weeks, I've never seen so much traffic in the forums of drivers looking for teams, teams looking for drivers. Uh, like I said, in the hosted section, I've never seen so many rooms in my life and hosted. And so, yeah, it's just uh, setting up for to be like the most populated race ever. So a couple things I wanted to bring up about this. Um, you know, we had that story earlier about the R Factor Two having an issue at Le Mans. Well, um, some of the some of the posts um, where that guy said that you know iRacing is the best sim. Um, some of the replies on that were like, uh, "You guys remember last year the Daytona Twenty Four? You were delayed for I don't know what was it, an hour or two hours, something like that. Because, Three or four? Uh, they were, yeah, because of they were having issues with the server. So." Um, I'm hoping they got that all ironed out and uh, we don't have that issue because it's looking like, I, I agree with you, Mike, it's looking like this might be the biggest special event they've ever had. And it's a multi-class, multi-driver event. So there's a couple extra uh, wrenches to throw into that as well. Um, Jinx, so you just jinxed it. Well, <laughs> there, they, there, is a, there is a change that they have made to it. Remember, they made a change after that to the way that the server's load people into it so right. that was to right. fix this problem and hopefully brian didn't just jinx it so anybody that's listening <laughs> if it goes wrong uh you can at mick rubbin uh on twitter and, <laughs> and just attack him for it we'll Hashtag actually blame brian if it goes wrong we'll actually have to mess with our schedule a little bit because on saturday we're uh i'm running i'm starting us at like seven or six in the morning my time but I have to be at a judge's meeting at nine online to, to listen to oboes and bass clarinets all day for, for the region. So that's okay. If you can't make the start, I'll do it, David. No, what we'll do is we'll cut it. We'll cut it down to two starts. You ain't starting shit. So uh, you fast, but you suck at starting. Oh, come on. So, uh, I also remember last year that they were urging people to use the UI rather than the website. I don't remember them hearing anything about that this year. Nope. Are, are they assuming that everybody's on UI, or or do you think that's a good idea to do everybody use UI? I'm just wondering you think if about they're that? just really confident this year that it's not nothing's going to happen. Maybe that's why they're not trying to force it. Or they're thinking it may be better on the system if it's split one in half so that neither one of the, the two options get hammered. It's, that's a good point. Yeah. I, just, I haven't heard anything. It depends on certain things. If it's just a normal race, I, I use the actual website, but if it's like a team event or a league, obviously I go through the UI. All right, let's well, keep I, moving. I've been, I've been using ahead. the, the, um, the website because, um, when you use the UI and I'm using, um, is it a sim commander? I lose the ability to uh, talk to Chief. He doesn't recognize my commands. So I, I think I can, I'm able to sacrifice that in order to make sure it's stable, though. It's not the end of the world to not be able to tell him to not change my tires. I can do that while I'm driving. So just make sure when you guys, whoever registers your team, you register the right car as well. You don't want to have missteps like that for endurance races. Last question I had was: Does this is this starting at noon? Um, you know, in sim time, it's not the time it is when you start the race. Uh, hang on, I believe because I, I believe that's when the actual twenty four starts. Is, is it, on noons. 
it's starting effectively at one forty, I believe. The session starts at one, but with the qual- with the warm up and the qualifying session, the clock will be rolled to one forty, I think. Yeah, but is that in sim time? You know what I mean? Just the sim. Yeah. Start. Okay. Right. I could be wrong, but we'll we'll find out maybe by watching the or checking the Aussie start. Right. So I got a listener who sent this in. Uh, they do drag racing, and he wants to to explain how he does this. So I'm going to read some of it. We do an open practice at Sonoma using the drag strip. The car choices were the 87 Cup uh, or Asphalt Legends. We had pre-registration to ensure an even bracket. Uh, every admin uh, spammed clear all penalties so drivers could do a U-turn uh, out of pit road. Uh, people waited in a parking lot area in between the pit road entrance and pit road. I controlled the bracket, calling drivers to the line and called whoever is next to the staging area uh, a little behind the start line. It was my job to watch an overhead camera of the start line, directing drivers on how to line up evenly. Another admin uh, was parked between both lanes in an LMP2 car. I called out live on the lights and then three to five seconds later max would flash the headlights of the lmp2 car to signal the start of the race james batzer is the gentleman who runs the mdi tv he's broadcasting every event every class is put in a bracket everything is single elimination until it's down to the last two then the final two guys do the best two out of three the first event went super well Almost everyone who participated asked when the next event would be, and many watching comment, commented on asking how they could enter the next one. And so they're going to do it every other Sunday at 9 p.m. Uh, it's going to stick with the two-car classes until we get growing. And so people should follow the MDI TV Facebook page or join MDI TV Discord for upcoming announcements about the drag racing events. Pretty cool. I, I like the way that they start the cars with the f- flash of the headlights. Yeah, I've, I've heard of them doing drag racing at Sonoma before. I just never knew how they pulled it off, but apparently uh, that's a pretty pretty intuitive how they do that. It's really neat. Um, hopefully it, it you know maybe gets iRacing's uh, attention to where they might start thinking about doing you know proper drag racing. That'd be interesting. Why can't we just have another configuration of Sonoma, you know, called drag strip and it takes care of these little problems. Like they have to clear the flags when they pull out of the pit. Yeah. There's a couple other tracks uh, that have drag races, not on the track, but right outside. um, Charlotte, Bristol, Lucas oil too. Um, Yeah. Bristol. Yeah. Charlotte has a huge, has the four wide. Okay. Couple other current events, Greg. So the Podium 500 will be taking place or being moved into the next generation, as they call it, uh, on February 13th of 2022, because they will be running in the new next-gen car. And uh, so if you want to sign up for it, uh, you go to podiumesports.com slash podium500 to register it. Did Bobby say he's going to run it? I don't know. I don't. I haven't heard seen anything on it. He does every year normally, but who knows with uh, scheduling who if it will work? Isn't isn't it the thirteenth? Is that a weekend? Is that the is that one of the clashes? Thirteenth should be the Saturday before five hundred. So that's the clash weekend, is it not? Which is not in Daytona. February thirteenth is a Sunday, actually. Oh, okay. 
Aren't they making the L.A. Coliseum basically the clash this year? Yep. Oh, wait, no. So it would be – they'll probably have this the weekend of the qualifying slash um, stuff, right? And then the clash is separate uh, the weekend before the Super Bowl, is it not? I can't remember now how it goes. Well, if you want to run the podium 500, big money, big prizes, uh, uh, big competition, do it. Yeah, lots of entries. They have uh... – I remember doing the heats race, heat races in them last year. You had to finish high to qualify to the next level. It's a it's a pretty very competitive race. Okay, OBRL Metro Cup. Hey guys, uh, just to bring this up one one more time. Um, so OBRL is a great league. The Metro Cup is their Sunday morning cup league. It's forty weeks long. Um, they're going to be paying out some big money thanks to some new great sponsorships they've got. Of course, they have always had the uh, Metro Ford as a sponsorship. They also have uh, a new sponsorship from Kimbo and Victory Lane Sports to help make all this uh, great payouts that they have available. It's a forty-week season. You'll get there's prize money not just for winning and and the top 10, but also for uh, safety awards and hard chargers. So uh, a lot of different ways you can win money in this league. So uh, go ahead and sign up at OBRL or oldbastardracing.com and, uh, you know, get your membership in quick because it's coming up quick. And uh, like I said, it's a, it's a great, great league. You do have to be 35 years or older to be considered an old bastard. And uh, you have to have an I rating of under 3,500. Ooh, I just turned 35. Should I make a return? Should I try and make a return? Oh, wait, no, I'm not allowed. <laughs> you got banned. You banned. I'm not allowed. I'm too aggressive. Okay, housekeeping notes. Don't forget the Aftermath podcast. Uh, I have no idea what they're doing. Maybe we'll record during the 24. I submitted our podcast to the Speed Sport Podcast Network this week. To see if we can get added over there. Don't forget our website, iracerslounge.com. And we got the Discord link up in our script now. So uh, check that out. We're actually getting some activity over there. Uh, top and, and this week, I actually put in some of the topics uh, that we have on the script to try to get some conversation going. Uh, yeah. David, one of those conversations was third-party apps. And I asked, why don't why doesn't iRacing integrate all the this functionality into the sim to eliminate the need for the third party app? Because the third party apps do such a good job of it. Right, but I mean, sure, surely they they could. I mean, for example, go to the spotter and have the spotter add a, a countdown to pit road: five, four, three, two, one. Guess what? That would eliminate most people's need for sim racing apps or. Uh, the, or the, the one that counts down, the crew chief. I I look at it this way, and I think this is I, we had this conversation. I think we you know we were trying to discuss to it would cut down maybe on some CPU usage and memory usage in the background with all these apps that we have open. But I think about but any other. It? Well, yeah, that's that's the that's the thing. It, you know, when you add things into it, it takes more resources and eye racing as well. So the thing that I was thinking about is. Most communities, when they make a game, so even say Papyrus, when they first came out, you know, when they had NASCAR tw- uh, 2003, the mod community, you have to think of these third-party apps as like the mod community for like that, where they were making things in the background. These 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 community stuff is what kind of drives the passion of this too. So 
I think if iRacing starts taking a, a step and adding stuff in like that, it kind of defeats the purpose of, you know, others, pa- others passions to build stuff through, uh, to make it a better, you know, you know, a- a program. I'm saying let them build it. Like, you know, don't change that, you know, keep the API open. I'm just saying, you know, it's low hanging fruit. I mean, how hard it would it be to add a five, four, three, two, one to the spotter, for example, or some of these other things that we use the third party apps for. Um, I just think it, you know, it would make sense for iRacing to look at those items and, and try to integrate them. So check out the discord. If you guys want to get involved in the conversations, we're also on the performance motorsports network, David when you were struggling uh racing and trying to get around the track in the in the corners you you didn't know how guys were out breaking or did changing your uh did changing pedals make a difference oh, yeah i believe so uh even even in the stock cars i can i can just i can drive in deeper and not lock the brakes up that's kind of the biggie it's just a lot harder to lock the brakes up especially if i have them calibrated correctly so they're great pedals uh, I, I stand by him 100%. And obviously, SimCoach uh, offered those two, or offers that for you uh, with the best uh, hydraulic uh, feeling pedals that you've uh, you were able to uh, come up with, right? Yeah. Now I have not been able to try any other hydraulic pedals, but um, it came down to it. It did ultimately come down to the fact that uh, he had one in stock when and was online in the evening answering questions and said yeah i've got one on the shelf and i said all right i'm ordering it right now and boom i got him uh, you know and the, the customer service is great their software is great we're we may not get to really talk about it that much but they've got some new software that allows you to actually even change your brake curve so you can you can change the way your brake behaves to make it to get an even better response i'm nervous about using it because i've got i'm having so much success right now under braking with it running on a flat curve that i don't know if i want to use it but it's they've even figured out how to work, work it with iRacing. So that's SimCoach. Uh, they have a lifetime warranty as well uh, on all their products. They do. And in fact, they, they call them leap proof. But I actually, you know, you can always have something go wrong somewhere, even maybe in shipping. And I had my first brake pedal. It was going out, right? It started leaking on me right in the middle of Le Mans. You, I don't know if you remember when that happened. But um, he he first, he pointed me to how to to bleed it. And I did, I was able to bleed it and get it working right again. But it leaked out again. And he immediately sent me a pedal replacement. It with a with a return label for the current one, and did not make me wait until it got here. He sent me the pedal first, then let me send the other one, so that I wasn't completely out of commission for a few days. Which is just you know that's that's superior customer service. So check out simcoach simcoaches dot com and use the coupon code iRacers Lounge to get five percent off your purchase. Shimcoaches.com is your ticket to feel like you're actually sitting behind the wheel of a car. Drive harder and stay on the limit longer. Yeah, guys, um, people have asked me because I have a, a lot of different accessories for my rig. It's like, what what could you possibly want next for your rig? Um, the answer is pretty simple. I'm getting better pedals and I'm getting Simcoach pedals. That's going to be my next purchase for my rig. Um, so uh, that's, you know, that's the one thing you can upgrade that uh, really makes a big difference on the track. And I'm going to go with the best ones out there. I'm going to go with Simcoach. 
And that's exactly what I was thinking too, Brian. That would be my next thing to go with it as well, would be a different set of pedals. Will this computer run iRacing? Not now. Okay, it's hardware time, and we're talking Thrustmaster first. There are some new details out about the Thrustmaster DD that is emerging. And the gist of the article is that they're saying they've announced that every add-on that's coming out of the Thrustmaster product line will be compatible with their new direct drive. Okay, and so they're pretty much confirmed they're doing a direct drive. I just think, does, I hope Thrustmaster in the, you know, in their future endeavor here is with the direct drive, they say that their future add-ons will be all compatible with it, but it takes Thrustmaster a long time to come up with, you know, to bring out different products. So I'm just hoping it's, you know, if they're going to bring out different rims and things like that to go with it, I just hope they don't have long periods of time in between each one if they got different ideas, right? If they make an oval rim and then they have a uh, an F1 style rim or a GT style rim or something like that, you know, make sure make sure you kind of build up your customer, your your base parts here so that, uh, you know, people only have, don't have one option to run or trying to find aftermarket options so that it stays in company. I think it's going to be a little bit more challenged with, challenging for them now because there's already so many uh, of the lower end direct drive options available now that some that people are jumping in on it. You know, you've got the the new CSL DD uh, sim the sim magic is out there, right? VSR VRS is putting theirs out. Um, so uh, Fanatec's got one now that's compatible with PlayStation Five, apparently. Uh, so I w- I think with all these cheaper options being out there. It's going to be, they're just probably realizing they're starting to get left behind. Yeah, there's articles here from gtplanet.net as well as traxian.gg about this. And, you know, they're basically teasing it. It's not ready. You know, it's not for sale yet. And we don't know a price. So we got some breaking news. Yeah. Um, the uh, they said the next drop is coming January twentieth. Well, that's today, and I looked it up and uh, I shared the link with you guys. The next uh, next bit of information that they release with this new direct drive wheel is that it will come with uh, next gen quick quick release locks. So uh, so that's the next uh, next drop of information that they just uh, they just announced today. Um, the next set of information after today is going to be on March 3rd, 2022. You think they're clever, you know, dropping hints about their DD, you know, I don't know. Doesn't let that seem like if they're going to do hints like this, it's so far out for the next one. You got, it's, you know, I can see like, okay, drop a hint this week, drop a hint next, like do it week by week or something, not like every two months, especially since that wasn't a, you know, that's a good announcement, but that's not like it's like earth shattering announcement right well there, remember that there's their market share is not us right their market share is 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 your playstation owners and and xbox owners that are going to go buy but it says it's not compatible with them it is not compatible with the new systems from what i was just seeing they're going to put something that is not compatible with the newer systems or are they going only for pc let me just, I'll, I'm going to go back and look. So the GT planet indicates this one is PC only. Yeah. That's what I was just saying. I was just yeah. read too. Well, historically they've, they've not marketed to the same kind of 
client that's you know buying what we buy sounds like they're trying to enter this market and have a footprint into it more i guess yeah, and I, I guess these drops are just ways of uh, giving you a little hint of what's going on to make it not seem like it's so long until it comes out. Well, Mike, since you're such a great fan of third-party apps, how, how about the iRacing Assistant? Yeah, this is a must-have. I resurfaced this because Greg is going to be switching between VR and triples, and this is the best and easiest way to do it um, with this app. Um, the app does other stuff as far as binding of buttons uh, between wheels as you switch between cars. Um, I use it specifically to open all my third-party apps at once. So basically, I turn my computer on. I click on iRacer's Assistant. There's a big old start button. You hit start. I walk away. I come back, and all you know, six different things that I need open are open and ready to go. I've gone to another solution for that, uh, that all my regular apps that I run, I've pinned them all to the taskbar and I just, I just, I can pop them that way. And they're always located in the same place on the taskbar every time, whenever they're open as well. So Greg, that link is for you. I, uh, I definitely have it bookmarked and uh, ready for when uh, my uh, rig arrives and I get it built. Well, Greg, do you think this next one is exceptional? This might be the exception to that because I. Every time I look at this, I've seen it in the script. We've had it in the script for a couple of weeks here, I think, and it kind of reminds me of a bobsled when you look at it first. But uh, so from the uh, Drive X Sim uh, Instagram page, they have posted an image of their motion sled. I'm going to call it. I'm going to call it a motion sled. Um, their rig. Um, and uh, it's pretty nice uh, looking. It's it basically... It's a toboggan on motion, basically. Yeah, yeah that's what I was just going to say. I was going to say, you basically, it's got the front... I kinda, it almost reminds me of like the front of an airplane type two or something like that, just the way that it looks. And then a seat sitting on the bottom part of the frame, and then the rest of it's surrounded by the, the, the motion uh, part of it. Um, so... This looks like it's a concept right now. Is it not from what I'm reading here, well, Mike? Check the website. I mean, they got a really nice looking website. And it, it's got a pivot point in the center bottom. So it is sitting on a pivot. And the front has, you know, hydraulic up and down on each corner. And the back has something similar. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's really a, a cool look. Yeah, Different colors. Those actuators on the back look like it would be for y'all, where it would rotate it on that center pivot point, and the uh, and the front two actuators lifted up and down for that for uh, up and down motion. So it sounds like it's going to be a full six degree of motion. So what the mechanic uh, mechanisms are calling is electric dual actuators, a universal ball joint, and a push rod dual damper. I'm not a huge motion guy. I don't know. Do you know what that uh, says there, Brian? Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying. The actuators or the or the push pulls are are in the front. The ball ball universal joint is in the center. So that center ball joint is going to let it move in any direction that you make it. And then there's uh, dampeners on the back, are the arms that connect to the very back of the seat behind the seat, and uh, will control uh, left to right movement. 
so it looks like I'm just guessing here. The retail on it is 1.9 million yen, from what I saw on the one part of the site here. Yeah, it's so. Yeah, it is listed in yen. I was trying to look up where they're from. I I um, I found a phone number. The phone number is actually based out of Israel. Because it, it definitely has a heavy uh, Japanese uh, option here on the site. Yeah, when I first found this Instagram, I couldn't find their website. And I actually commented on their post and asked them, hey, what's your website? And they sent it to me. So, But when you went Googling it, I couldn't find it by Google. So they're, so they're saying their slogan, they're, we are, a, are the company that is chasing dreams and cars, is what they, can, they call themselves, or their, their mission statement. Well, then they're running in the wrong place. All right, pretty cool. This is way cool, Brian. We were talking about this the other night. Sim Cabin. Yeah, yeah this is cool. So this is from uh, John Watts. This is the name of the fella. And um, so he started a project in late 2020 during the lockdown. So he says, he posts that, you know, with two kids and a three-bedroom house, there just wasn't enough space for VR sim racing and flight simulation. So I built a dedicated cabin in my garden. The cabin was built from scratch, and the cockpit was rebuilt from a next-level GT, uh, with the entire wheel stand being built from 5-millimeter thick sheet sheet steel to give it completely rigid structure. Uh, because the cockpit is a hybrid for racing and flying, it has two sets of pedals on a slider, so they can be moved forward and tilted up to switch between flying and racing. So if so, this is this is what this guy built in uh, his yard. So it's a cabin. It's very nicely decorated too. On the outside, it's got um, nice LED lights. Uh, it's landscaped around there with crushed stone at the entrance and little picket fence. And uh, yeah, that's where he goes to do his racing, man. That's pretty cool. I love it. I mean, we saw the one time we saw the sim racing van where the guy, you know, put the rig in his van out in front of his house, you know, so he could escape the family. But this is like taking it to the next level. I mean, you build a shed in the backyard, basically, and, and set up there. Wasn't Van Guy the also SWAT guy? Now, he put pictures up of it. So the outside like looks like a nice, you know, work shed. or uh, It's actually nicer than a shed. It's like a really tiny house. Uh, big windows and a door and whatnot. And, uh, but inside, I mean, all uh, electronic look, you know, with lights and colors everywhere and obviously equipment pretty cool what, what does the cooling have to be like in that thing that would be really really warm in you know in the middle of the summertime i'm sure it'd be really hot in that cabin you'd need a window ac or something yeah i mean i mean coanda or a redline or williams you know eat your heart out with this one might not need heat though in the winter yeah i don't know where he's located but uh pretty cool Next up, a huge uh, GPU price drop coming in 2022. Uh, PC Builder speculates that this is going to happen. Now, there's a few no. reasons. <laughs> a few reasons uh, he pointed out in the video uh, was the, the GPU mining market for crypto is kind of reaching this saturation point, and a lot of people are are offloading uh, these video cards 
In fact, I actually ran across an Instagram ad last night trying to sell me a, a 3090, and it was like $100 or something. And I'm like, God, this got to be a ripoff. But I you think don't it was want a one of those. used mining card. You, you don't want to use, you don't want to buy anything that's been part of a mining uh, at all. But his speculation was because of that flood of the market from the mining cards, that's going to drive down the these you know over exorbitant costs that we've seen on GPUs. I would try one of those for a hundred bucks. That's worth the gamble. I mean, if you're in between waiting on like you know getting one, yeah, it's a hell of a it's not a bad gamble at all. So, but with your luck with the electronics right now, David, I wouldn't be. Uh, I wouldn't do it. Well, it could be a strategy change up because everything I bought new hasn't been working. Of course, you know, well, actually the rift the reverb is working great. It's the rift has just had its time. You need a you need a new system at some point. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about, more about that later though cuz I got to work around. So my, my prediction is that these uh GPU prices will drop right when the next level of 4000 series come out and they will now be way more expensive than the ones that were just overpriced before. That's always the number one thing that drops the value of them, right? Next year's models coming out. <laughs> right. Obsolete, obsolescence. Well, we got a new player coming. You were, don't forget Intel is going to have a card this year. So as a third uh, manufacturer comes in, I hope that drives some pricing too. Well, Greg, what do you think of this Rexing wheel? I, I was just looking at this. So this was posted on the Rexing steering wheels, Instagram page. Um, it's their uh, new Rexing GT wheel. Uh, looking at it, like it's a really nice, I guess we call it a GT. What we call it, I guess it's a GT rim completely, but um, you know, it's a, car a carbon fiber body on it. Uh, it's got illuminated push buttons, multi switches on it. Uh, it's a US, I guess you can, you can, you got a USB. Uh, USB-D 480 display and an RGB LEDs with RGB LEDs. Um, I think this is like one of the nicer, really nicer looking GT rims out there uh, from this company. It's, uh, I don't know. What do you guys think of this this type of rim from, uh, from them? High end. I mean, 1,340 euros. Um, we've seen Rexing before. We've talked about them. Um, I just don't think they're as popular as some of the other ones, but they make great stuff. I mean, this is high end, very high end look. Yeah, it's very. It's it looks like pretty close to the Ferrari lineup as far as where the where the buttons are put, but uh, it's got a lot of knobs, buttons, switches. Also, you look at the online or the on screen LEDs. You've got both the horizontal bar across, probably for your rev limiter, but on the right and left, you also have. Uh, three LEDs, which are probably giving you uh, anti-lock brake and traction control loss data. Or or they could be flags, maybe flags or uh, um, low fuel warnings or something like that. That too. I These just, guys are Croatia. So what would uh, what would you add, what would, would that would work for? Does it work with most uh, quick release on some of these direct drive? rims and then you just plug it into a usb i'm guessing yeah i i say i haven't done enough research on some of these other rims to try and like you know 
add these together with something else. Like, you know, if you had a Fanatec and you wanted a different type of rim with it, or say you had a, a semi cube and you wanted a different type of rim with it, where you would run a separate USB uh, from the actual base. So I clicked over to the formula rim they offer. It's a very similar look and layout as the GT version. Um, and so they would kind of even match if you had one GT, one F1. That would look cool because they match. But 1,280 euros for that one. So you're, you're, you're 2,000 euros in to have two nice rims. Am, am I the only one who thinks that um, who, who would be um, curious as whether those paddle shifters might be a little flimsy? They're not solid uh, paddle shifters. They're kind of like loop shaped where there's a, you know, there's just a, material going around it there's no nothing in the center for extra support i know when i'm doing uh shifting i tend to to slam on those things pretty hard do you, do you think that that might be a weak point i'm guessing they're carbon fiber just like the i'm just trying to find out here if there's any uh information on it but if they're carbon fiber like them they ain't gonna break they may not be very comfortable though that's just it is weird i noticed that too and i was like what like it just does it not seem like I obviously started probably trying to keep some weight down maybe by doing that, but it just seems unnecessary with something that doesn't weigh a lot of lot, right? Yeah, I can't imagine that. It's probably just a design, you know. They like the design of it, I guess. All right. Well, the next thing was a a, a windowed borderless question that was brought up, uh, and this person was just getting confused on if they're running windowed or full screen or. Uh, are windowed borderless? How do they know if they've got focus or not? Should they use alt tab or alt inner or both? Um, I guess they're switching back and forth between full screen and windowed borderless because that's what alt enter does, right? That actually turn that that pops you into full screen, whereas alt tab is what you do to switch to other software. Um, um, Mike, I saw you chimed on this. Somebody mentioned what they do. Uh, the the neatest reply on here, though, other than suggesting that you make sure you go ahead and click on the window to make it active, the neatest uh, reply was that you can set the position of the iRacing window to negative one in in the file or some, something, and that way your taskbar will always show, so you can you can see what has focus. And the reason focus is important is because if you're trying to run macros or anything, like you have a key that clears your tires, uh, if I if you still have say Facebook Messenger running instead of, as the focus, it'll just type it into the Messenger chat and leave it there. So I, I chimed into this post because I, I saw a lot of bad ideas. I mean, they were telling him, but I think Alt Tab and and even. Alt enter are bad ideas when you're running in this mode. This is the mode I always run in windowed borderless. And I have the windows taskbar to minimize automatically because I don't want to see that. Um, but I want full access to any app on my windows computer, even while I'm racing. Um, and so it, the way I leave iRacing to do that, I hit the windows key. Now, when I hit the windows key, the taskbar comes up then I can use the mouse and click on whatever app I need to click on. Um, and so it's, it's super handy. If you have triples, you're not doing it right. If you're not doing it windowed borderless, in my opinion, uh, to run full screen and have to fool with the, the alt enter crap. Uh, why bother? I mean, this is way easier and, and just more manageable. 
you know, like I want to switch over to OBS real quick and, and hit start stream or something. I mean, it's super easy when you're windowed. So I just, this is another suggestion for me, Mike. Yep, it is. Brian, it looks like you can actually install your own rumble pedals into uh, Logitech pedals, or I guess any other pedals. Yeah, this will work on any pedals. He uh, he does the um, the video. He, uh, so this is from AM Studio. He posted this on YouTube. It's a DIY instructions for how to put rumble pedals on your Logitech or really any other pedals. But he uses Logitech pedals in the video. So um, it's uh, it's the rumble rumble uh, pedals are kind of like I know I have them on my um, Fanatec. Uh, v3s inverted uh, v3s where there's a um, rotating um, knob on the behind the pedal that's mounted right behind the pedal and it's and it's off center it's off weighted so it's when it when it spins it, it shakes your shakes your pedal and that can be um, that can be set in iRacing for uh, for information like locking your locking your brakes or or stuff like that so um, and it can be and it can be a uh, so these can be mounted to, to your Logitech pedals to achieve this, achieve that same effect. And he shows you how to do it. It's pretty cool. Um, so it's a, it's a neat feature to have because it, it does give you some good um, feedback as far as, especially with the brakes, as far, uh, as, far as locking your brakes. It's a really good, uh, good input to have. And he shows you how to do it. So uh, check that out if it's something you're interested in. Yeah, if you're able to send a specific sound to each pedal, I would recommend putting on the throttle the tire slip because that's when you yes, you're going to be in the tire. So you can, uh, particularly when you're running an oval, you can tell how hard you're abusing the tires so you don't end up on a 50-lap run with uh, 12% left on your right front. And I think that's what Fanatec uh, has pre-installed for their, their rumbles on their pedals. But, yeah, it's, it's good feedback to have for sure. So in the description of the YouTube video, he gives a parts list with links. Uh, so you, you can literally figure out what to buy um, and, and build these yourself based on the video. The, the rumble motors he's using are from Xbox 360 controllers. And so, I mean, all you need is some old controllers and, you know, pick them apart or you can buy these uh, parts off of eBay is the link he's got. David, would this be something you would add to a hydraulic setup too, you think? Or would you just leave it as a hydraulic setup? Um, it'd be a good add if you didn't already have a butt kicker. I think the butt kicker kind of replaces these pretty well. But um, this would be a good option if I didn't have the butt kicker, yeah. Exactly. With the butt kicker going, you probably wouldn't even feel this. Because that can put out so much, so much power. Okay, next up, uh, Tony Gross, who left early, uh, found this one for us. It's an ex-RIMAC engineer built his own simulator. Uh, Misha Shardowin, an ex-RIMAC engineer, posted a video on his YouTube channel about his own motion racing sim. And uh, I, we talked about this in our group chat a bit. Uh, Bobby, I think, gave some good feedback on this, saying that the way the seat moves uh you're it's going to be really hard to be precise with pedals and and uh and steering and and i think he's actually right you know after you think about it because the the seat it's got these motion actuators on the on the back top of it that basically move the head where your headrest is forward and backwards as 
you know, you're, you're going into breaking zones or, or coming out of breaking zones. And there's quite a bit of movement there. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? So basically what I'm getting from what you're saying, Mike, is the seat's moving, but the rest of it's but not. But nothing else is, right. So this is the same problem we were talking about with monitors. Like the world's staying still and you're moving, which is not really how it should go, right? Like, um, especially could- if you're especially if you're braking and stuff like that or, or accelerating, you do not want your, you know, when you're accelerating for it to lift backwards and take yeah, your foot you, off the pedal. How could you maintain the right amount of brake pressure, right? When you're trying to do a, do a wedge shape brake, uh, break, you know, you know what I mean by wedge shape where you get on hard. If you look at a trace on a, on telemetry, it looks like kind of a wedge or like a doorstop. And that's what you want to aim for. So I don't know how you do that. If you're, if your legs getting pulled away from the pedal, you know, jump to the 1120 mark of the video and you'll see it in action. And it, it there's a lot of movement going on and there's some left, right movement going as well. Um, so it's not just the seat back that's moving forward and back, but there's some other stuff going down. So like you said, it, it, it'd be difficult. Now, initially, when you look at this thing, I'm just like blown away. There's so many other components to this rig besides what we've talked about. So the pedals and the steering wheel base can move and the seat, you know, to fit. Like if you're a small person, a big person, their motion move, like they, they, you push a button and they move, uh, you know, mechanically it's, it's freaking cool. The other thing that was super cool about this is the computer itself that's behind the monitor attached to the rig he's got it at a 45 degree angle i don't know why but it looks cool i i mean i what a neat uh, concept he's kind of got it just like sitting on like an arm there the way the arm works right and uh, uh he's got some really neat transducers and speaker mounts uh you know to give the 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 vibration and the sound but uh i mean those motion actuators uh brian pretty incredible what they're doing with the back of that seat yeah it's it's pretty impressive you can tell this guy is definitely an engineer and uh you know has a lot of experience with stuff like that because he he really engineered the heck out of this thing i'm hoping when i get my rig that i can have the monitors kind of just like that with the curves yeah so this guy it's called the hyper simulator and this is a prototype and i think their intention is to like build it for sale I didn't even realize when I was looking at their PC, their PC isn't actually a tower box. It's it's basically, from that image, it's basically a, a plexiglass plates on each side that they've built some, uh, the whole thing against. It's kind yeah, of like I don't a, know how to describe it. Uh, you're right. The PC is... Uh, like a water tank? Kind of like, reminds me of like a water tank, too. It reminds me of those where you build the PC on the on a board on the wall. Yeah. And then it's got like a, a piece of glass, you know, on, on standouts just to kind of cover it. But then he takes that board and puts it on a 45 angle, you know, which makes it look dope. Very impressive. I love it. Well, I hit up the last one. We've got an article reviewing the uh, CSLDD. The article is kind of entitled Meets the Hype, But There's a Catch. And this is where uh, Jalopnik, re- they reviewed it on their website. And they mentioned that it meets all the hype, but with a catch. And the catch is basically that the eight nanometer is this is strongly recommended compared to the five nanometer. But as you glance through the uh, 
article, everything. I was, I didn't read the, the primer before I went through the article. I was just blitzing through the article, trying to find what the catch was. And that's basically it. Um, everything else in there was positive. Uh, he basically said he's excited about this being something new. That's kind of bucked the trend of everybody just putting out the same products over the, over the years. Uh, and he's hoping it kind of kicks, uh, he mentions at the end, ironically, that he hopes it gets uh, Thrustmaster and Logitech to uh, start uh, uh, perking their ears up, I guess. Or And that's funny that we, we just talked about Thrustmaster is looking at putting out a DD down. So. Yeah, I think the thrust of the article was make sure you get the upgraded uh, power supply so you have the more force. So that's what, that's what it does. It's the upgraded power supply gives you the extra force, right? Right. It's the same motor. You just have a different power supply. So reading this article too, that one seems to be more readily available too. They'll be ready in February, whereas the other ones without the kit I won't be ready till July. So Brian, you've run the CSL DD over at uh, over at his house uh, at uh, Tyler's house. So what do you think of it? Yeah, thanks. I was actually just going to mention that. So um, at my house, I have the DD two, which is you know. 25 newton meter uh, um, wheelbase and I went over Tyler's to and uh, played around with his rig and he does have this he does have the 8 newton meter upgrade and you know the the difference in the two is not very much uh, partial reason is because when I road race on my DD2 I turned down the um, the strength of it quite a bit um, I have my my force feedback set up a lot higher on ovals. Um, so I didn't really, it was, it was, it wasn't, a, I wasn't able to compare the two on ovals quite as much. Um, but on, as far as road racing goes, um, it's, it's really solid. It's, it's, it's a, it, for the money, man, it is a really good system. I, I would definitely recommend it. Um, the, the fidelity is, fidelity is, is very nice. It's got, plenty of strength for, for uh, what you would need in most situations. So, yeah, I, I think it was a really good good wheel. I can't say that I wouldn't have gotten this one when, if it was available back when, when I went for the podium. Yeah, me too. You know, um, you know, if I had to do it over today, I'd probably seriously consider this one over the, the bigger one. All right, let's jump to results. Let's talk racing this week. Uh, I ran Delara Dash at Texas, got a P3. Man, what a great combination. And I was actually talking about, man, they should run the Delara, other Delara cars, and still call it Delara Dash, and every week they switch. I hope they look, they look at that. It looks yeah, like we, you, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, you, you were talking about that the other day, and I thought that was a great idea. I mean, a Delora, Delora doesn't necessarily have to be in the um, IndyCar. Delora makes the IRO1. They make the um, LMPs, right? IRO1. Yeah, could be any of those cars. Why not rotate them? You know, iRacing uh, could get people more, um, some more exposure to the different cars if people want to buy them to, to compete in that series. I think that's a great idea. 217s at the at the brickyard oval let's talk about some of our imza stuff david you had a win you put up your burnout on youtube well that was actually not imza that was the euro sprint series at watkins Glen. Um, okay 
Yeah, and that one was uh, there was there was one other guy that had competitive speed with me, but he pitted early, um, and the in those six laps, I gained about 15 seconds on him while he, while he was behind me, and uh, when I came out, I was ahead and never looked back. Yeah, and I did, I did. I think the longest burnout I've really ever done. I like I like doing the Jimmy Jimmy Johnson style burnout, where you where you crank the the uh, brake bias all the way forward and just get the wheel spinning and let it creep forward all the way down the front stretch and it was pretty fun I sent it to Lawrence as well over at Sim Coaches and they're going to try to put it into a into some kind of promo you run the Sim Coach paint uh, for the win nice yeah I'll talk about my IMSA race uh, which is practice for the 24 P22 so I had error code 1 while loading in at the 90% mark three times trying to get in this race. I ended up rebooting and getting in with just 30 seconds left on the grid. So I think I started 24th, I moved up to 13th uh, within the first lap or two. Um, By lap seven though, I hit the curb coming out of the bus stop, spun it. I was completely in the back at that point. Uh, I ended up spinning a second time off the same curb, but never actually wrecked the car. My fastest lap at 145.6. Now, since then, um, I've gotten that down quite a bit. I think I'm at uh, 143.9. Yeah, I've run a lot of practice races, both when PDS was there a couple of weeks ago and with IMSA. Um, Greg's putting down some more pace. Uh, all I've got is the consistency and the, and uh, the staying alive ability for the most part, unless something really crazy happens. I, we had one where uh, was it this morning? Yeah, uh, GT just just fishtailed it right around turn one and just planted his face right in the wall. And three of three of the LMPs we just sandwiched on top of each other right behind them. Nothing that any of us could do. Yeah. I'd- when I raced the other night with David, I, I did something different, tried something first race, and then I changed something in my brake settings and uh, got a little bit more speed out of it on the second one, and um, you know, got more, got a little bit faster. Like I said, I was less consistent than I wanted to be. I was down into the 132s, uh, qualified like I think the second race I qualified sixth, and I was up to the top top three after uh two laps and then i just kind of some mental lapses in a, a couple spots and it cost me a couple positions and i think i finished p10 in both races yet that day so uh not great finishes but uh i race a little bit different when it comes to the 24-hour races those sprint races kind of have a different mentality i kind of just maybe the one tonight i'm gonna turn to my uh, 24-hour mentality and see how i do yeah, you have to go a little bit harder. A lot of the times when I'm in the Euro Sprint, uh, some of the GTs think that that you should wait more corners, like it's a, like it's an endurance race. But sometimes you have to go if you can make the safe pass, even if it makes their lap a little inconvenient. Uh, I've been farming the I rating though. Back I'm back up over two thousand. I, mean, I don't know. I may have after the last race fallen back under, but what I'll, I'll qualify like last, and then I've already passed half the field in five laps. Let's talk uh, Winter League race, uh, P15. First run, I took it easy. I didn't even try to pass a single car in an attempt to save tires, yet I still failed miserably and fell to P30 dead last by the end of the first run. I eventually caught a caution, got a rave around, 
and back on the lead lap. And with attrition, got a nice respectable finish of 15th. Uh, so it was it was tough out there uh, running dead laps and I was this close to parking it because I don't like that. <laughs> but I hung in there and, and finished it and I'm glad I did. Uh, David, you did much better P10. Yeah, and I, I was running probably P15 before before the everything started before the cycles started, um, and a late caution actually kind of hurt my cause a little because there's a few guys who had not made their pit their second pit yet. That but even though I only had five laps on my tires, I came in and 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 took another set when that late caution fell. Um, so I think that cost me maybe a couple spots given up to a couple of those guys, but in that in the first 20 laps of that restart a lot of people had trouble probably balanced it out um and i will not miss this package because it was me and jeff marble fighting for the for ninth place and i could i could dive to the inside and dive to the inside and dive to the inside and just never get enough of a run to clear him and and make the pass because of the way the package runs so i will not miss this car I think everybody was feeling that at the end of that race. Uh, yeah, it was Garrett Maines, I believe, as the winner. Uh, notably, uh, Hermie Sadler, Hermie Sadler uh, joined us in the race. I don't even think I even saw him the whole night, though. I don't think he ended up getting to run. It showed a packet loss before while we were still in practice. Oh, did he not make it? Okay. Maybe that's why I didn't see him on the track. Let's keep moving. Uh, Man Cave After Dark Thursday Night Truck League. I actually quit the race at halfway running dead last. I couldn't get the truck to turn. It was super tight at New Hampshire. So it was a, a fixed set and I don't know. I mean, I think I wasn't letting it roll through the center. I was trying to put the power down early in the center. And as soon as I did, straight to the wall. I mean, the thing just wouldn't turn and I got frustrated. And I, like I said before, I don't like to run last and I actually parked it uh, because I just wasn't happy, so. Yeah. Saturday night, Sim 500 Esports Racing League. It was the 87 car. Uh, Greg, you and I ran. I didn't even write down my result. I don't think I finished very well. Yeah, because you spotted for me at the end there because you crashed out. Yeah. And uh, I think I finished, what, sixth? Fifth? Yeah, something like that. You had something a good like run. That. Um, with a damaged car that uh, got lucky. It was... It was an interesting race. Daytona's and Talladega and those cars, because they're such they're wide open and you got to lift, they can become very you know if you can do it properly and save the tires, you're definitely going to be fast and be able to catch guys. But if you lose the draft at all and a couple guys get hooked up, you're kind of screwed. It was fun though. Um, yeah, I ended up wrecked and watching you and. But uh, I'm going to miss this week because I'm going to be running my 24-hour stint uh, when they run this league event. Let's talk hosted. I uh, ran Kia Optima at several super speedways. Uh, then we ran the 87 at Talladega, and I actually won that race. Um, super cool to win that. Uh, this is the Chris McGuire uh, hosted events he runs on the weekends. And... Uh, to win one of those events, it's tough. I mean, those guys in there uh, are hard to beat. And so I was pretty stoked to win that race. And then we tried uh, to Gen 5, which is no restrictor plate at Talladega. 
reminded me this is the most powerful fendered car on the service. Super fun. And then we ran the IndyCar at Michigan, and I got a P4 there. So lots of fun with those guys. You guys should uh, come out and join us. They, are they all on Saturday night? Friday Saturday night, night, Saturday night, and I think Sunday nights. Okay. And hosted. And uh, pretty fun. OBR uh, Arca. OBRL Arca. Brian Watkins Glenn. Yeah, so uh, I was... Uh... You know, we race Watkins Glen at least once every every uh, series and that. And uh, so I didn't jump in early or do any practicing for it because I've done Watkins Glen so many times. So I was expecting to get the cup configuration. And then when I logged in, I was like, oh, man, they got the boot. So, uh, I, was like, oh. so I was like, oh, my goodness. So I was not prepared for the boot. But um, I have done it before in other cars, uh, but not in the cup car. So. Or the Arca car, so uh, I, I figured it out fairly quickly and, and was doing pretty good. Um, they didn't. Uh, they also didn't have the bus stop, and the problem with not having the bus stop is, you know, you take it carrying all that speed into the carousel, uh, but there's not really any great markers for uh, your brake points on that spot. There's no. There's no. Um, markers counting down. You know, the 100, 100 feet, 200, 300, or whatever. So um, the bus yeah, stop. You, you yeah. basically got to use the inside of the track. Yeah, I was wind up breaking after after you come out of the bus stop. The um, the uh, pavement transitions to a different color, and I was like breaking just after that. And there's a big bump there too. I don't know if you know that, but if if you if you don't hit the bus stop and you just keep going straight through, there's a big bump bump at that transition. It almost almost knocks you out of whack. So uh, I think I qualified eighth or ninth, and I wound up finishing P seven. Um, um, so I kept it pretty clean. I had two incident points for just overshooting in turn one because because it seems like uh, there as if you get two tires off the rumble strips on turn one, you'll get a you'll get a point for that. So there was one other place that I blew blew a corner um, by a little bit. Got another point. So I'll take that for P seven uh, and a road course. They're not my forte, so. Yeah. All right, and the Aftermath uh, Truck Series, OBRL, it was uh, Clay Walker winning at Charlotte. Al Turner in second, Trey Brown in third. A couple of new names on there. Trey Brown uh, doesn't typically finish in the top three from what I remember. All right, and with that, let's jump to final thoughts. Brian McCubbin. Um, so I am going to be taking the move to outer space, folks. I am ordering a Starlink uh, satellite dish either this Woo-hoo. weekend, and I'm going to try and get that set up. So um, I've watched a lot of videos on it. Um, I, I, I put in my address. They say I should be good in my area. So I'm going to try that and uh, get it set up for the family at least. Um, and then uh, I'll, I'll start using it on the sim once, once we get comfortable with it. And then uh, – I'll start thinking about whether I get rid of this uh, hockey puck uh, or not once once I get feel comfortable. Um, the only thing I feel the only thing that worries me is that it does have can have like some short interruptions here and there. It could it can be uh, sometimes it can be from um, from trees and stuff like that. I don't think that's going to be a problem at where I'm at because um, it's supposed to face uh, to the north most of the time and I don't have any trees on the north side of my house so uh, yeah so I'm going to give it a shot 
and uh, I'll try it out on racing. Make sure I don't have any interruptions. I'll, I'll probably just use it for, um, you know, for hosted races or something like that, and see how it works on there before I start using it for leagues and stuff like that. All right. Well, I'll plug my work um, because you brought it up um, at Verizon. We turned on our C band network on Wednesday, ten times faster than LTE. And we're going to offer home internet to over 100 million Americans, about two-thirds of our customers. And so if you're one of those 100 million Americans, you're going to be eligible for uh, 5G home internet, 25 a month if you have an account, 50 if you don't. And uh, the download speeds are 300 to 1,000 megabits per second down and 50 up. And uh, we've had uh, speed tests on Reddit uh, over the last couple of days and seeing reports across the country, uh, anywhere from 700 to 900 down, 50 to 100 up, uh, some crazy, crazy speeds. It'll certainly work for iRacing. Um, we're taking on the cable companies, and uh, and it should be an interesting year uh, as uh, uh, the United States transitions to a wireless home internet instead of wired. That's pretty cool. So, Mike, does... Um I heard that they uh, had to pause that for some reason. Is that is that true? We did some delay kind of radio for two weeks. Yeah, the FAA is concerned about uh, interference with their airline alti altimeters, which are at a similar frequency but not the same. Um, which is nonsense. It's all it's all baloney because there's like 45 other countries that have C band already. And they have airports and they have airplanes and they don't have any, and they have altimeters and they have no problem at all. And so it's all this baloney. Uh, we turned it on. We gave them two weeks as a courtesy and we turned it on anyway. So with that, do you, you have to buy a uh, router? Uh, Free hardware. Free hardware. Wow. But when would that 5C be out where uh, Brian lives? Well, that's a good point. I mean, it, we cover a hundred million of 350 million Americans. So you do the math and figure out where it's at. Yeah, but if uh, the plane lands that they knock out of the sky near Brian's house, they might be able to bounce a signal off of it to get it his internet for him. Does uh does the uh, does it have a um a way to see if you're in one of the C band areas? Yeah, you Google uh, Verizon 5G home, pop in your address, it'll tell you yes or no. Cool. Thanks. All right, Bye. Greg Hectus, final thoughts. Uh, looking forward to, uh, the endurance race this weekend. Hopefully all the guys show up. I'm hoping that we got a team full team for uh, us. I, I hope everybody, uh, nobody backs out. Um, I got a confirmation the yesterday that my rig has shipped. It is right now sitting six hours away from me, which is kind of annoying because, you know, it's only six hours, but. Um, it probably with my luck, it'll, it'll be close, probably about an hour away by tomorrow and, uh, not deliver till Monday. I hope you don't have any grand designs of having this thing put together real quick, because that's what I had in mind. And I was, that was a crazy dream. It takes a whole day. But that's fine. I'm not expecting it to be, it's probably going to be the following weekend project, uh, for it because I got to move my studio around. I got to, uh, this is this whole angle of change because I got to figure, I got to try and fit it in the back corner behind me here. 
a little bit differently and uh, set everything up the way I want to do it because once it's there, it's staying there. Now, I don't think you've said on on the show what you got. Now, you got the ASR3. Four. The SR4. Yeah, so I bought the ASR4 from Advanced Sim Racing um, site. They're, they're, they're from Quebec, Canada, so it's a... Uh, it's obviously it's nice to buy something out of the country here. They're they're from reading up on them. They've only been around since uh, COVID started. They they started this uh, when COVID uh, um, broke out, and uh, they've they're one of the fastest growing businesses in the uh, this type of rig uh, style. Um, I got the triple monitor attached to the base stand. Um, uh, keyboard tray, button box. I bought a cup holder. Um, what else? I oh, I got the. I think I got the level of the seat one down from what you were running. Uh, the um, NRG NRG seat. I have that. Um, trying to think what else I got. Mouse tray uh, slider. Mouse, I have a mouse tray, and I also have a seat slider. So the nice thing will be is you know I can. This will be the first. I've been running a play seat since I joined this team, what, five years ago, four years ago? Um, and this will be the first time I've raced a rig that won't have a center post in in between my legs. So it'll be interesting to, to run it as a, a, an outside frame. You're going to like, uh, like them. As I mentioned, I bought the um, PC tray that holds my PC from advanced sim racing because they have a really nice one and nobody else had one. And so I ended up getting that piece from them and I can't be more happy with that piece. I mean, the quality is outstanding. And also the other thing I forgot to include, I have also purchased, I wasn't at the time thinking I was going to even have any monitors on it. I was going to wait for a good deal and a good deal came up. I bought uh, three 32 inch uh, curves, Samsung curved monitors. So uh should be interesting when we have them all mounted up. And uh I guess I went I went into Brian's wallet and uh decided to uh spend some money and we'll uh <laughs> we'll see how it goes having both options. Uh now I want to ask why not Sim Labs? I mean you were on the fence big time. I I did research um the Sim Labs one it looked like it was going to be uh, when I was talking, cause I had emailed both companies. I never heard anything back. Actually, no, sorry. I didn't do, I did not get a chance to email SIM or uh, what was it? Engineering. What's the, it's engine. Great yeah. engineering. Great engineering. I, I, uh, um, they, there's pretty much almost everything SIM cockpit related on their website has been sold out since new year's. So, and they have not come in, anything on stock. When I talked to advanced sim racing, they, um, they had stuff, all their stuff coming in stock and was able to, uh, meet my needs right away for whatever it was. It just, they were backordered for, uh, or they were behind a little bit after Christmas when they came back from the break, um, to get all the orders shipped. So, um, it says two to four business days to ship it. So I got the notification yesterday. So, I'm guessing I'll have it by middle of next week and then I can figure out what I'm going to do with the rest of this stuff next. 
Yeah, we've talked about that company before. They have the colored ASR6, um, their highest uh, version, where you can get the orange or the the blue. Um, I thought about it. I just didn't, you know, if I'm running VR, color doesn't matter to me. The color really in general doesn't matter to me. No one else comes into this room. Um, even if I'm running in the triples, color doesn't bother me. And for... I think it's like another hundred dollars to get it colorized. It's is it is it really worth that kind of money when I can spend it on another portion of it or save that money for something else down the road or whatever? I just the AR six. There's a little bit of a bit difference from the Air four, um, but it's just it's not it's not a big leap to spend. I think it's another three hundred dollars for it. Right. And they they claim that it's the their their rigs are are supposed to be no uh, they're, they're supposed to be as sturdy as any of them on the market. Yeah, when I did my research on my purchase, ASR was a very close second uh, place to Simlabs. I mean, I almost bought the the orange one or the blue one, um, but yeah, I ended up with the Simlabs, and I'm happy with it. But I would have been very happy with. Uh, advanced sim racing too i think i mean they're basically were on the same level i think there's maybe a hundred dollars difference from their air asr6 um and the sim labs one i think they're pretty much on par together um price wise i think it's just availability and things like that were you know factors for me i i had considered I even had considered at one point until I had gone through and I priced everything out, I was looking into the the V-Rig thing that we had shown on this um, sim, but trying to get it over here from Europe is, the, the, the expense is just ridiculous. And, you know, I'm not going to spend another like five or $600 just to ship something here from Europe. Whereas here, you know, it's free shipping North America with ASR2, which is really nice. Yeah, you, you can't go wrong there. All right. Well, looking forward to that. Uh, David Hall, your final thoughts. Well, Greg mentioned worried about the the roster. Tom was reporting this morning having major graphics issues. So we'll have to find out if he's ready to do a problem there. We told him he probably just needs to turn his graphics down. Hopefully that'll all work out. Um, and for example, if for some reason there's a delay in the start, I will have to just do a double at the beginning instead of a triple. And then uh, because that's the only time I can run that morning. And then uh, that's that. I've tried streaming some more and playing around with different settings, and it's it's just not working. So um, give me a second here. I just yelled at Greg about his ringer, and I'm mine's, mine's on. <laughs> I just got pro, in trouble by texting him back. Pro, pro podcast moments here. Um, it's just, it's not going to work on this computer. And when me and Greg were practicing the other night, he's like, well, that's why I have two computers. Like, How does that work? And he's like, oh, you can use this thing basically called a, uh, a pass through essentially. He called it stream deck at first, but it's, it's actually c- comes from the same company. The capture card. Yeah. It's, it's like a capture card, but it really just passes through the video. Um, so it's basically, it basically splits the video so it can go to your monitor and, uh, your other computer. Um, and I actually bought the version that's going to, that goes in the streaming PC. Cause I have a PC that literally was my old one before I upgraded this one that has just been sitting on my TV to watch Netflix and whatever on instead of having a, having a Roku TV or something. Uh, 
Uh, so I have sure, to re Netflix. Sure. I have to, I have to reposition everything. And, um, once it comes in next week, I should be able to stream from the other computer. So did you get one of the Elgato, uh, capture cards that the internal ones? So it was an Elgato is the brand. Yeah, it's Elgato and it, and it goes inside. They have five different choices on their site. Um, and this one goes, it, it goes in, in the, into the, it has a higher bit rate that way, basically, because it's going through PCI. But, you, but, but, and I also had to buy a couple of HDMI c- connectors. And if I've found out why you can run into trouble with HDMI is if you're going back to HDMI from DVI, you have to have extra power. So you have to get an adapter that actually they're omni, they're unidirectional. They only go one direction. You can get a cable that goes down to DVI and not have to have the extra power. But the one that goes back to HDMI also has a USB plug that you have to plug in just to get some juice. Yeah, I knew it wasn't as simple as just an adapter. Yeah, because so you so you have a DVD, DVI output from the back of your motherboard, right? My, my newer motherboard is only DVI. Or well, my newer, the 2080 Super is only DVIs and one USB-C out. They don't have any displays or HDMI. I'm sorry, not, I meant display, not DVI. I meant display, so so you so you have to do a display to HDMI, right? Okay, and display to HDMI works without power, so that's just a cable or an adapter will work for that. I just bought a cable, but the other way, I actually have to use an adapter to to step it back up to HDMI with power. Or I don't know if that's a step considered a step up or not, but HDMI apparently requires power to run through the cable. Yeah, and. David, when I was talking to David about this, the reason I have it too is I'm going to use mine to sometimes I might decide on my channel eventually down the road to if I'm playing games on my Xbox or my PlayStation or here, I can plug those directly in and stream those while I'm playing them as well. Yeah, and I, I could as well. Even though it's plugged into the PC, I could just turn around and grab grab my Xbox that hasn't been turned on in three years and pop it in there. Uh, but it'll allow me to, to to use OBS on the old on the older PC, which is it's just an older i7 actually. So it, it'll get the job done um, without slowing my current one down. Well, it's basically you know it, with internet speeds being so good nowadays, it doesn't matter. You have two things trying to take internet. It's the it's the usage of the memory of the computer and the CPU usage that you want back from the. Uh, from it, and if you use a different computer, that saves all that that uh, that memory being used. Yeah, it's not going to increase the the outgoing signal uh, from my home at all. It's just it's I'm just putting two CPUs to use instead of one. Uh, another tip: when you run two PCs, I used to run. I don't do it anymore. I used to mouses with mouse mice without borders. Mouse without borders is a program actually by Microsoft. And if you install it on both PCs, you can use the same keyboard and mouse across both computers. That was actually uh, in that forum, the post that we were talking about earlier with alt tabs and all that. It was actually mentioned in there. But what I do with that PC currently when I'm sitting over here is I just remote desktop to it. Yeah, Chrome remote desktop is a great tool. See, I have. I'm just going to be leaving my other mouse and keyboard on the on the rig because I have two 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 Logitech wireless keyboards and mouses that I just use for one for the studio, one for the for my racing rig, and I just keep them with those with each system. So 
the studio will have all its stuff. And that's the nice thing is once I separate everything over to that computer, I don't have to worry about anything. I can stream off this computer. I turn it on. That's it. I do the show from here. And then the rest of the stuff is all the racing rig. And I can, and the one thing, the other reason I, I decided doing the triples, I forgot to mention this. I want to play other Sims that sometimes aren't VR um, capable. He wants to play truck sim. Well, no, I want to actually run like F1 2021. It doesn't have a VR portion of it. I don't have a monitor in front of my sim, so I can't play it. So I just have the sim or my rig sitting off the side with no monitor in front of it. So it's impossible to play something like that. So I wanted to have an option to play some other sims or I can run truck simulator. I can play farm simulator. I mean, Mike's Mike's into the heavy into the farm simulating discord. Aren't you Mike? Trying to figure I, out how to get the notifications off in the, there. The thought of a a real life truck driver wanting to play truck sim makes makes my head hurt. See, I, it wasn't that. It's it's when I go. You, you you better be careful when I had a bad day at work and I go into GTA and decide to do things in Grand Theft Auto with transport trucks. You should be worried about. Yeah. You mentioned the keyboards though. I keep a wireless keyboard over by my couch because when I'm watching TV and sitting there, I just, it's, I'm too far away from the computer. Okay. My final thoughts, man, I finally got that monkey off the back and won in the 87 car at Talladega. If you recall, every time I would get to the front at Talladega, I would spin the thing out uh, in clean air. But I think I shook that finally. I just got to you know, I had to be careful. It's just tiptoeing, you know, when you get in that clean air. And uh, ran that hosted race over the weekend and, and won that race. And I, I finally feel like maybe I've shook that monkey. Uh, waiting for that 670 horsepower on the next gen, like twiddling my thumbs waiting. Like, you know, I don't feel like I can prepare for the season with the, until that comes out. And, like David says, what's the point, you know, in running this old package we know is going away. Uh, so, man, iRacing, please, please, let's get that out sooner rather than later. And, uh, hey, why don't we get the, uh, you know, the Coliseum already? It sounds like it's done, done, done. So let's get it. Who are you kidding, Mike? You're not going to practice it anyways when it first comes out. You're just going to hop in a race. I would imagine I'd run it once, you know, a race, not a practice. All right, and with that, uh, hey, we'll see you on the track. Later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure you go to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.